your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, today we're talking about surviving the dark ages. You know, this pandemic has done so much damage to so many different people. I mean, children, maturity-wise, are two years behind uh, what they used to be. Uh, Even adults are, are behind their own developmental stages. There's just enormous amount of stress. There's a lot of consequences that have happened to people being um, basically having to, to uh, mask up and to live in their home and work in their home. I mean, it's an enormous amount of stress for parents and children. If you think about it, even parents having to parent their children as their children are being homeschooled um, are basically being harassed by their kids because their kid needs to get an education. They want to play their games. They want to do all that stuff. And the parents trying to work at the same time. So there's a lot of juggling that has to take place, a lot of friction. And, you know, identifying the ways the ways that people have been affected is an enormous task. And I don't think it's over. I think it's something that we're going to have to continue to do looking back on this time and figure out how to manage it better than what we did this time. You know, the psychological effects of, uh, of quarantine is not limited to the fear of contracting the virus, but th- there's some elements related to the pandemic that affect more, uh, more of the population, such as a separation from your loved ones, a loss of freedom, uncertainty about the advancement of the disease, the feeling of helplessness, the feeling of being vulnerable to other people, our children being vulnerable to other people. And these aspects might lead to, uh, you know, uh, dramatic consequences such as uh, the rise of suicide, which we are seeing. There's an enormous rise of suicide. Suicidal behaviors are often related to the feeling of anger associated with the stressful condition and being separated and live apart from other people. You know, uh, there's, there's also... Uh, looking into the account that there's a lot of depression and anxious symptoms that are out there. And I'm seeing this constantly. Marriages in in their last throes of being together, even great people that that have done well in marriage are at their worst uh, battling each other because of too much time together, too much adjustment, too many stressors, loss of income, loss of freedom, all of that takes place. And then there's this uneasiness and worry that that often takes place. And also, people are at their absolute worst when they're bored. You know, bored people are boring, but the bottom line is when people are bored, they are enormously self-destructive. And they do a lot of self-analysis and a lot of uh, catastrophizing and stuff like that. And, and so we can be very irritable, restless, nervous, uh, lonely, and I'm seeing that enormously. You know, people are having a hard time even dating uh, simply because of the pandemic. You know, they're using the internet to date, which is a you know innovative, I'd say. But but the bottom line is, it's not always uh, going to be the most gratifying. You know, also with people in the healthcare industry, including the mental health part of healthcare, 
um, they're dealing with we're dealing with lots of catastrophic situations, lots of a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder, a lot of burnout, a lot of physical and emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, de uh, disassociation, uh, just trying to not have to deal with what's in our face every single day of our life. There's a lot of exhaustion and stress in, in, involved in this, and I'm not trying to be the Grim Reaper here, but th this is a very dark time, not to mention the fact that we're now dealing with Putin's war, you know, and, and as, as a consequence, health professionals who were overworked and suffered from a very high level of psychological and physical stress, you know, they also live daily and in traumatic conditions. Uh, and also secondary traumatic stress when people die uh, f suddenly from either symptoms coming from COVID or COVID-related deaths. I mean, that can be very surprising to see somebody healthy and then all of a sudden gone. I mean, it, that's that's that abrupt change in people's lives is hard for grieving. And there's a lot of grieving going on out there. But, uh, you know, the truth is, is that both men and women are at their at their brink of and they're at a tipping point and our society is just nasty irritable nasty depressed uh too you know look everything is divided everything is tribal and that is a sign that uh, the fabric and the foundation of our life with freedom is uh taking a big hit and so we need to learn how to survive in this day and age. We need to learn how to bounce back, how to look for the good, how to understand that this is just a process. It's not an outcome. It's a learning experience. It's experiential learning. It's not exact. It means there's a lot of failure, a lot of bad choices out there. And we need to understand that we're just trying to ebb and flow as the information comes at, to, at us as people. And uh, hopefully we get more intelligent uh, politicians because, unfortunately, it looks like our political systems, as in many other countries, are is, is become rigged. And the bottom line is that's another loss of freedom. That's another hit in our society. And, you know, then the, the people coming into office and don't do what they promise. They do what they're, they're, uh, they're, the people that have influence on them want them to do. And uh, obviously, um, we're living in a day and age where we all feel a bit unhinged and misled. You know, um, what's really important is if you've been around long enough is to know that as things go one way, they they eventually come back to the center. And that's what we have to have hope in. You know, historically, in all situations, when governments and people have gone to extremes, they end up somewhere in the middle eventually. It's just uh, all of that banging of heads for each other is is quite a mess. You know, if you think about history, history is like utter boredom surrounded by war. You know, people create war because we have to have some kind of conflict. People create d uh, divisiveness just to create some kind of conflict because we feed on that as people. We feed on that from our emotions and our aggressions and our resentments. And, and the more we resent, in, especially in our marriage or with our children or people that we love, the more that we find resentment for the world as it is. And so... You know, the, as as a therapist, it's amazing to see how uh, psychological services can can also really help 
get people back on track and have gotten people back on track. Even using uh, psychological services through telehealth has actually worked really well. And so we as people have to understand that, you know, according to situations, online services can provide a different medium and they can also provide something a little more immediate if you're needing to talk to a doctor. You know, chatting, talking to someone is a useful tool to establish the assessment of a person who feels uncomfortable using video and, and online psychotherapy is is also very, very acceptable because what ends up happening is a person is in their own home and when they're in their own home, what's really nice is they're comfortable. And when they're comfortable, they may be uncomfortable on the video having to stare at their face, but the bottom line is it's great service because that can be something that you get to the different part of someone. When you actually see them in their home environment, you see how they feel, you see how they relax. You, that, that can actually be a very helpful tool for, for a therapist. But, you know, our interpersonal relationships has turned into a society full of social anxiety. Introverts have used this as a means to be introverted, even more introverted than they were before. And that's going to be a problem too, because, and also kids, kids are having a very difficult time having conversations and spending time with their peers because they've been locked up for so long. And, and then they go to school and they have to wear a mask. What in the world? Why would they have to wear a mask? You know, there's like dot zero zero one percent of the people that are going to get or give COVID. I don't get it. But I know that, of course, unions and things like that have a lot to do with this. And so sadly, sadly, we have very, very uh, people that are very extreme running the middle. And it's sad. It's sad because we have to live in that. You know, human communication is changing. Empathy is on the down It's downside. It's going down. People are not connecting with empathy or compassion as much as they used to. And to find empathy or compassion is hard to do in this world currently because people are so caught up in themselves. And so, you know, the, the simple how are you is hard to get at the beginning of a conversation you know the relationship between an employee and manager is different the relationship between neighbors is different the relationship between schools different between your job you know uh, the responsibility and listening understanding feelings all of that has degenerated and and uh, you know basically uh, people will uh, do forced empathy if they have to but that can be a very difficult thing and so we all need to understand that we got to pull together and we got to pull together as a society and as people to take back our freedom and be smarter. But the problem is we have kleptomaniacs running our government. We have people that are lobbyists that are stronger than the people in the office. And, and you know, if you look at kleptomania, it's actually a diagnosis uh, in mental health, and it's a condition in which a person experiences a consistent impulse to steal items they do not need. And the things people with kleptomania steal typically have little value to them and are often discarded or given away after being taken. It's just a sense of power. So people don't typically plan their thefts, but they generally avoid stealing at the risk of uh, uh, when the risk is high. And uh, they feel depressed and guilty about it after. 
but it, it's an impulse control, and, and it's a class of psychiatric disorders characterized by difficulty controlling antisocial aggressive impulses. And we're seeing kleptomaniacs do this in storefronts, on camera, before the world, <clears throat> and nobody does anything about it. We're seeing a persistence and a rise in this type of thing where there is no justice. There is no uh, reparations for a person to just steal from innocent, simple people just trying to run their own business. And, and in our government, we have people like this. And But these, these things are on the rise. And we have to understand that you, now you have to have security guards at your local grocery store, especially in the early morning when the crack addicts are uh, coming off their bend you know it, it's crazy but but it's it, this is you know kleptomania is it, it's a, it's it creates a problem with your neurotransmitter pathways and it, it basically it creates an impulsive need to continue to try to get dopamine and serotonin which is in an antidepressant during the act of the kleptomaniac and then basically after they get that done they've got their dose and they're happy 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 and then they're sad 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 because they crash you know um, uh, there's also uh, other disorders that go along with kleptomania such as depression and bipolar and i think we're seeing that in our government too but we're also seeing it in life in general you know anxiety disorders eating disorders also comes along with kleptomania personality personality disorders substance abuse, uh, you know, and, and other impulse control and conduct disorders, people rebelling against authority. That is a big one right now, the rebellion against authority, because people are being parented by their government. And that can be very, very offensive to any person that has a brain, you know. Um, but, you know, this, this part, this obsessive compulsive part of a person's personality as a kleptomaniac will grow as long as society doesn't put rules around it. And, and this develops in a person. Uh, typically, it, it, it comes from people in their childhood. It's brief and sporadic, and then there's long remission. And, and, and then, then sometimes it, it moves into a more protracted way of life, especially if people are becoming poorer and poorer and poorer, and the economy is getting worse and worse and worse, which it is. And that means that they have to beg, borrow, and steal. And so we're getting back into the dark ages now where people are out for themselves. And, and, and you know, it, it also is what's strange is it's not necessarily running in a family when you have kleptomaniacs or people like that. And I'm not going to take the show off the rails into to kleptomania, but I'm trying to get to the idea of what essence of things we're seeing in our society due to the pandemic and due to the day and ages that we're in. You know, it's really important uh, that we understand that we've got to come to grips with taking responsibility and accountability. And that is what's lacking in our generation of young kids. It's lacking in our leadership. It's lacking in our life. It's lacking in every part of our lives these days is accountability. And I will tell you, the most important thing that a person has is their integrity. And if you're going to attack that, you are going to lose 
the people around you in your life. And that is an important thing to understand that the only thing that keeps us attractive as a human being as we get older and uglier is our integrity. And so when people manage that, then people will come back to you because they know that you consistently will be able to offer hopefully some wisdom and some sense of a steadiness in your opinions. You know, um, what is uh, also a, a depressing paradox about us is that we find it easier to sympathize with one person's suffering than that of thousands of people. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, Stalin probably never really said, but what he really meant was one death is a tragedy, one million deaths is a statistic. But he was right all the, all the same. It's not much of a paradox, though, and it makes sense. So each of us has access to only one set of thoughts and emotions. Each of us has our own perceptions of the truth. And when people form a perception of the truth, what they do is they form a narrative. And they will form a narrative, let's say, about someone else. And then they will take action on that narrative to communicate it. And then they will gather facts to reinforce that. And after they do that, it becomes a part of their character. And then it becomes a part of their uh, the, their outcomes in life and, and their destiny. And sadly enough, a lot of people have collected enormously negative narratives and collected enough information to validate their own perception of life and sadly are living with a, within a context of a very stressful and difficult outlook in their life. You know, there, there's an easy way uh, to 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 induce a compassion, you know, and, and that is to understand that compassion is what buys us relationships. Compassion is what buys us the, the, the attention from other people. It offers us wisdom and it offers us a chance to live a better life. And it starts at home with your spouse and your children. And that's a very important thing to understand. You know, uh, we're obliged to relate to others by analogy. But, you know, the bottom line is we all have one universal language across the world, and that is our emotions. And so that that universal language requires us, if we're going to have relationships, we have to be in touch with our emotions because that's what creates meaning in our life. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about bigotry and liars and how that's affecting our society today. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. 
Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're going to be talking about uh, surviving the dark ages. That's what we're all doing on this this program. But right now, we're talking a little bit about bigotry because there's a lot of bigotry going on out there. People see it. People will say something and do something else. You know, they'll tell you to wear a mask and then they won't wear a mask. I mean, it's just amazing how um, people will not apply the rules they apply to everybody else on themselves. But what we really have to understand is we need to begin to access a sense of empathy, a sense of compassion for one another. And uh, we start in certain ways by having compassion. If you don't have a lot of compassion for individuals, try to have some compassion for a group and begin there so that you can learn what compassion and empathy is all about. If you understand compassion and empathy, you understand the universal language of life. And so having compassion Starting that with groups and then phase into trying to get to know other people and have compassion for them. Even if you don't agree with them, you can give them compassion. That's being human. So what if people have a different opinion than you? We don't all have to agree on everything. As a matter of fact, that's how we learn from each other. It's called Socratic learning. Socratic learning means that I'm willing to hear everybody's opinion and learn from that. And all of us have some some have well thought out thoughts that have a lot of merit to them and give us a sense of being able to connect with each other. You know, there's there's also a risk out there with people being so divided. There's a lot of risk involved in actually having to have relationships, have deeper discussions. And believe it or not, people are starving for really deep, meaningful discussions, but they they are hearing a lot of stupidity. And so unfortunately, coming from our universities, they're being stuffed full of crazy people teaching our kids crazy ideas, crazy theories, you know, and 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 not allowing them to form their own perf- uh, point of view. As a matter of fact, many institutions are just indoctrination. That's all they are. And eventually, hopefully, we will right that wrong as people in this world, that we will not validate those kind of institutions that water down our education, turn our math departments into Nazis because they think that, that learning math is, is, is 
uh, hierarchy of uh, against people of color. You know, it's crazy out there, all these ideas that they're just trying on our children and turning them into, you know, because they believe you as an adult. They believe what you say as an adult. And it's really important to understand that you do have an influence on them. And so we have to be very careful what we're putting into our, our children's minds because we're creating the next generation. And that's what indoctrination is about, is indoctrinating them to create a new generation of people who are like-minded with the crazies. You know, with, with uh, the understanding that we have to change how we talk, you know, look at the racism, look at the woke movement, bigotry, insular nationalism. You know, yeah, we do need to be more careful with what we say and how we say things to each other. But we do not have to listen with the ear that no matter what we hear, uh, there's always going to be a negative involved in it. Sometimes people mean something different than what they say. It's just they're using what are called colloquialisms, which is phrases they learned when they grew up. You know, uh, it'd be worse, you know, if a racist... Be, uh, 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 fully involved themselves and putting themselves out there before people just to hurt people. You know, what we really have to understand is what are people's intentions? That's important. What is a person's intentions? And oftentimes, if we don't know what their intentions are, we assume it's the worst. And that pulls us apart from each other, and that keeps us tribal. But, you know, bigotry itself is a failure of the imagination. You know, it, it's a less a matter of people being awful, but more of being somehow uh, mistaken. It's, it's a narcissistic trait, meaning that I'm going to be self-righteous about myself, yet I am going to apply a, a lesser standard to other people. And I'm going to expect them to meet that standard. And if they don't meet that standard, I'm going to judge them harshly. You know, it's terrible. But it's a reminder that prejudice needn't arise from some uh, uh, kernel of badness. It's, you know, bigots also are very prejudiced. And that's what we're facing in our government. That's what we're facing in our politicians is a load full of bigots who actually want to apply different rules to us than they will to themselves. You know, and then they, they say that the, the other people are prejudiced, but they themselves, by being a bigot, are prejudiced. And we got to understand that, that we're being put below the rule makers in our world today. Also, there's a lot of lying, especially in the media. And, and the media is it's very difficult, if not impossible, in this day and age to actually find an honest uh, uh, media outlet out there. And so... We have to understand that we're going to have to get really good at understanding what lying is. You know, the majority of lies are told by a minority of liars. And, and so, you know, most people are honest most of the time. And the vast majority of lies are told by a handful of liars who want to propagate their ideas using the media as if that is the majority opinion. And so, you know, sadly... We cannot trust it. And, and so about 5% of the world's population are just flat-out liars. And, and those people, because you have to be kind of sick to want to be a politician or a leader, uh, it's just kind of a sick thing to want that kind of power. And so the bottom line is a lot of liars will find their way into politics and then make the rules for the rest of society. You know, and here we are. Here we are with our freedom gone just at the 
click just the simple virus dropped on us by China turns us into a country that is just quickly eroding into something that likely will end up once the banks go bankrupt uh, and China owns us all, uh, we will eventually uh, erode to what's called a third world country. And it's going to come fast, guys. So we got to get our heads on straight and we have to think and we have to push back and we have to get our lives back. And that is healthy. And I'm going to teach us all how to be healthy and how to think and take a hold of all this stress and try to balance ourselves. You know, uh, uh, a, a lot of people uh, can just flat out lie uh, face to face. And we're seeing that constantly, constantly. We're seeing People who call themselves, you know, a newscaster into something that's basically uh, a, a pr propaganda. And, and sadly, they're really just giving their own opinions as if it's the news. And it's crazy that we will all sit in front of a television and turn that on or turn on the radio and listen to them. But we do. We give them that kind of power. They take that power. And then we absorb really stupid knowledge that is biased and, and, and affects our mental health in every possible way. You know, uh, the people that can tell lies face to face are psychotic and we have to realize that that is a psychotic trait and it's not a good trait to have, especially if you want to have a life that is good and you want to live with integrity. As a matter of fact, every conflict you will ever have in your life is going to be a trust issue. And so you need to understand if you don't want to have a lot of conflict, don't create a lot of trust issues. If you want to rip a relationship apart, if you want to rip a marriage apart, throw a bunch of lies and mistruths into your relationship and you will find yourself empty and alone. And so we have to understand that these qualities, these values that we're all being indoctrinated into are not good values for our mental health because they don't match us making and building a good quality of life with good quality relationships. You know, can we trust experts? I don't know. I don't know. It depends on the expert. But sadly, some people will call themselves an expert who haven't done the hard work. And so, you know, we really need to understand, or also they use bias research to reinforce their own perspective. And so sadly, we have a world out there where we have a hard time filtering out who is sane and who is not, who is worth listening to, who has integrity, who doesn't. And, and so we need to begin to evaluate the whole person when we're taking in knowledge from others. Evaluate the whole person. Evaluate the whole professor, not the one that's standing up in front of you. Let's find out if that person is a decent person. What kind of decisions do they personally make? What kind of a life do they personally have? You know, uh, it, it's important to have that ingredient so you have a sound basis to understand how to take that person's perspective in. You know, we've had a lot of darkness. And so uh, uh, a lot of relationships have ended. A lot of relationships have been put on hold. You know, a lot of fragile marriages have reached their breaking point and unraveled. And, 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 and parts of their life has just become uh, very difficult. You know, in this day and age, we are all at the end of our rope. So, you know, we have to understand why. Darkness brings us light. That means that we need to begin to see hope. We need to begin to see 
light in our life? What is good? What can I be grateful for? If you have to, write it down every day of your life. Write down what you're grateful for, the small things, the little things. Begin to understand that you have to build If you want to be a more positive person, if you want to be quote-unquote realistic, then let's not go to catastrophization and fill our brains with that. Let's go to faith and hope and begin to shape a future based on that because that has an ingredient of a self-fulfilling prophecy just like catastrophization. And so what's really important, if you – Understand that sometimes in the deepest and the darkest moments of our life, we can actually find our passion and purpose. We can actually find who we really are because in that moment, all we have to stare at is ourselves. You know, it's most important to be deeply honest with yourself about how you want to impact people in your life. You know, if you want to be somebody who is an expert at anything, that means you want to be sought for what you're an expert at. And that means your heart needs to be in the right place. Your purpose and passion need to be in the right place. And you have to understand if you're going to do hard in this life, you make your life easier. And so what's important is if we engage ourselves with other people with meaning in their lives with the skills that we have. If you're an optometrist, help people see. You know, if you're a therapist, help people get better. Um, you know, if you're you're a doctor, help people be cured from their illnesses. You know, it's, it's really important for all of us. If we decide on passion and purpose, we can accomplish anything. And we can do this as a group, and we can do this as people on, uh, of ourselves. But what we most importantly want to do is, with the best of intentions, help people's lives improve in whatever gifts and, that we have as people. You know, get to know yourself better. Open up to your internal world. You know, understand just step back and go, what am I thinking? How? Just observe your thoughts. Observe what's going on in your brain. You'd be amazed to find out as a third party standing back and watching your brain think of all the things that come out of it. It's amazing. We have a lot of knowledge that we never really tap into. You know, and a lot of people are also dealing with, you know, life crushing events like the closing of their businesses, divorces, frustrating careers, you know, learning how to learn a new skill. But at the same time, it's a great opportunity to learn more about yourself and rewrite your life. And if you have had a life that has crashed, you have to discover your resiliency. And what's in your resiliency is very important to understand. That's your will. That means I will. It's not I'll try, which we need to really get rid of that word try because you don't try to be married. You don't try to be in a relationship. You don't try anything and be successful because you have a back door and people will take back doors when they have them. So what we have to really do is step back and go, yikes, wow, I need to do commitment. That means I need to have character. That means I need to be responsible. That's what makes us resilient. And if you lose your will, you lose your life. And a lot of people have allowed this day and age to destroy their will. And we got to get back on track. We got to get our life, get up off our ground and get back up just like every major person that was ever written about in the Bible or any story that you've ever gravitated to. They had resiliency, and that's what you have to do. You know, you have to understand that we all go through soul-shaking, horrible, turbulent life crises. 
and we have to grieve, we have to reflect, and then we have to grow and adapt to the changes in the life and allow our pasts to teach us what we need to do in our future. I often tell people, you know, when somebody dies, your job is not to worry about how they died, but is to reflect on how they lived. Because how they lived is the most important thing that they lived for, was they wanted to be remembered for the memories that they helped create in your life. And so it's important for you to do something that they would wish you would have done for yourself. If you do that was after someone dies, you understand that their life continues to live through you. And so we as people need to take the past and move on into our future. A lot of people didn't go back to their jobs. Well, guess what? Their job may not have fit them anymore. Maybe they had unemployment for a while. Maybe they had the time to think. Some people wasted their time playing video games and smoking pot, but the other people figured it out and moved on and took a chance and invested in themselves and developed a different career. And we all need to learn that we have the ability to do that. That gives us confidence and it gives us a sense of purpose and passion and it adds to our life and gives us the will, wisdom and the belief in ourselves that we all need, you know. Uh, difficult life circumstances give us opportunities to explore our inner lives, do the internal work necessary for us to rise above our challenges. And it's time for self-understanding and self-awareness. It's time for us to understand that we have allowed our world to turn into a ball of crap. And we need to pick it back up, clean it up, and get on with life. And that takes for us responsibility. That takes for a person to have will, like these people in Ukraine that are sacrificing their lives at 60 years old, carrying a gun, firing against these Russian hypocrites um, who are walking into a country when they already have their own country. They have no purpose there. Unfortunately, you know, here they are. They're, they're there. But those people in Ukraine understand they've got a will, they have a spine, and they are fighting for their lives. And God help them. I really, truly respect people that will do that. And I hope that all of us in some way will find that will to get back into life, step up to these bullies, these hypocrites, these bigots, these kleptocrats, and get our life back and actually stand up on our own two feet and take responsibility for what we can. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to talk about healing through the darkness and come back. your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley 
as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right. We're uh, talking about the dark ages that we're living in and its impact on our psychological health. And I'll tell you what, you know, we have to do a lot of things to get healthy, and that is to become aware of what doesn't work. And what doesn't work is often a part of experiential learning, which is all we're given in this life. And it just like the scientific process, experiential learning has uh, failure, has a lot of failure. But it doesn't have black and white failure. It just has degrees of failure. And so we as people have to keep marching forward. And that means that we can either live without hope or live with hope. And what's important to understand is we have to have faith in life. Life is one leap of faith after the other. We don't know what the outcomes are be. We take a leap of faith to change careers, take a leap of faith to have children, have a family, buy a new car, buy a house live in a new community, go to a different place, you know, go on vacation to a different place that we've never been. We don't know what's on the other side of it. And so what's important to understand is we have to be a part of the solution. We have to be a part of the experience. We need to be fully available in the moment, in the experiences we have in this life. And the more we are present, the less we are in the future and the less we are in the past, the less we are in our resentments, the less we are in our hurts, the more we're able to fully live in the moment and connect with the people we have in front of us. You know, but when you hit a dark place, you receive a gift and and you actually have an opportunity to see what doesn't work. And now you have insight. And, 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 you know, what went wrong in your relationship? You know, what went wrong at the job? What kind of partner is wrong for you? You know, if, if you break up, take the lesson. Don't go get the same kind of person. Take the lesson. Understand you got you need something healthier. 
You know, sometimes when people leave us and relationships leave us, they're doing us a favor. Some people realize that they are toxic for their partner, but their partner doesn't have the spine to break up. And so they break up, but they do that because they know that they're toxic for their partner. And that's an important thing to understand. And that's a very courageous thing to do. But the deal is, if you're going to surround yourself with negative people, you will become negative. You need to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, who have better attitudes than you do. And you want to gravitate towards that because those things influence you. If you're going to be in a room full of drug dealers, you're going to be a drug dealer. So if you're going to add these elements of life that are negative to you, you're going to find yourself falling in the pit, the same pit that they have fallen into. You know, it's very important to understand uh, when you when, when the futility and the hopelessness of a, of a path, your mind can create a new path. It can also create new ideas. You know, I often talk to people that are depressed. You know, if you're going to have expectations, you're going to be depressed. Expectations are the most depressing thing in the world because they're too perfectionistic. If you're going to be a perfectionist, you're going to be depressed and you're going to procrastinate. And people that procrastinate are showing how much they are depressed. So when you convert, let's say, an idea of, of, of uh, an expectation and convert that into a thought of I prefer, what you're allowing yourself to do is move away from depression because you're not going to have a heavy emotional connection with an expectation. Expectations create a failure narrative and create a sense of failure in your life. Expecting our government to fold is depressing. Expecting... You know, the war to end is depressing. Uh, expecting, uh, you know, someone to apologize is depressing. You see, because those things often do not happen. You know, every day of a personal crisis, a serious life change can be really tough. But, but if you think of the enormity of the situation, you feel paralyzed and you just want to stay in bed. But, you know, what you want to do is begin to go, I need to take one small step. If you want to solve depression and anxiety, you have to take action. You do not sit there and wait for your feelings to change. You don't live in your feelings. And that's another thing that we've been doing with this pandemic is living in our feelings. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. And you don't realize how much of your life is going to be dictated by emotion. And every time we make decisions based on emotions, especially big ones, we have regret. And we second guess ourselves over and over and over and over. Did I do the right thing? Should I have done that? I don't know if I No, you, you need to make a decision based on logic. You do not want to give up on yourself. If you've made a bad choice, go back to that choice. Go logical and solve it. Make a new decision. Change your mind. You can do that. You know, the other thing is we got to get off our butts because everybody's gotten fatter. And so the bottom line, not everybody, but a lot of people have. I know I have. Um, but we've got to exercise. We have to exercise. It's important because our brain gets that. Our brain gets that oxygen. Our brain opens up and, and has dopamine and serotonin, which desperately needs to think to reach the prefrontal cortex. New highways get built in our, our neurological highways. And that's an important thing for us to do to get out of this depression and this darkness in our life. You know, we want to also uh, uh, appreciate 
and respect the fact that we've been through tough times and also understand what have I learned about myself in the tough times. You know, we got to look, though, that the dawn is near and that we have uh, we've hit rock bottom. Things could get worse. They can get worse. They have gotten worse before, but they also improve. And life is a process. It's not an outcome. You know, that icky feeling is not going to stay around. Life is a change of seasons. And you can remain stuck in in the darkness forever or a situation will change just like the seasons change. And our job is to adapt to that. And, and as you know, uh, Napoleon Hill once said that most people have attained their great, greatest success just one step beyond their greatest failure. And so when life serves up difficulty, it also can serve up hope. And we all have to grab onto that. You know, in the darkness of our soul, in, in our personal development, uh, uh, we undergo a difficult, significant transition to a, a deeper perception of life and our place in it. But if we go to a catastrophic outcome, then our life will be catastrophic. That's why faith is so important. It is the most important thing in our life is understanding that if we're going to flow with life, we have to have faith in life. Faith in life gives us a foundation to move forward. Faith in life Allowing someone to say, I know you don't trust me, but I need you to have faith in me. That's the bridge to trust. So it offers so many good things that we in the darkness need to grab onto that. And it's taught in our psychology, it's taught in our religion, it's taught in our books, in our novels, in our fiction, in our movies. It's all taught based on hope, based on faith. And and so that's what we have to really, really go after. You know, uh, uh, you know, what does the darkness of a soul mean? You know, when it's, we're living in a dark age, we tend to reflect on ourselves as a dark soul because we have a lot of resentment. We have a lot of anger, anger, a lot of anxiety, a lot of sense of feeling like our life is out of control. But what we really want to do is we want to make peace with where we are and work with what we have, not what we don't have. And learn to be innovative and learn to be creative and find creative outlets for ourselves, you know, like artwork or, or exhibits or a movie or writing or, you know, create a book, whatever you got to do. But we need to really work, work down inside ourselves and take that darkness and make it work for us, not against us. You know, um, just as education influences a child, high school and the adolescent seeks acceptance of the community as well as internalizes and rejects its values. Here's what's important. We are not working well in society as we are being told what to do because in us we have an inner rebel who does not like to be parented. And that inner rebel, as long as we're going to be dictated to as intelligent human beings, we're going to have a really difficult time with wanting to do, even if it's the right thing to do that we're being told to do, we still don't want to do it. We're going to defy it because we were told to do it. When you influence people, that should be your goal, influencing, not controlling, influencing people. And that takes language. That takes a good attitude. That takes knowledge and wisdom. That takes a level head, and that's what we want to have in this life as we reach through these difficult times. You know, a person can struggle with their sense of meaning in the world, you know, but meaning is emotion. 
And that means that if we're going to focus on negative emotions like anger and rage and frustration, if we're going to, you know, uh, self-righteousness, if we're going to grab onto these kind of emotions and make that be who we are, we're going to develop a, uh, a view of the world that is warped. And we don't want to live that way. We want to be balanced. We want to be balanced and learning and ready. You know, if you are a depressed person, if you are an anxious person, if you are an angry person, are we going to just – what would happen if you were going to be dropped in the middle of a jungle? Would you make it? Would you make it? Can you afford to be depressed? Can you afford to be anxious? No. You wouldn't survive. And so the bottom line is it's a first world problem. And, and we're not in a first world society right now. We are in a third world society, and we need to understand that we got to get back to a first world thinking, and that requires hope and faith. That requires us to work together and to be strong. You know, during the darkness, and when we come back from the darkness, that is our testimony in life. That is the things that we talk about in life, getting through the hardness. You know, we all learned – our parents and our parents before them learned a lot of great things during the Great Depression. A lot of us learned a whole lot of things about the economy uh, in uh, 2008. You know, the, the, the thing is we all have to work together. We all have to pull together and really become the better parts of who we are. The way that we communicate with each other is being grateful. Even if you disagree with people, be grateful. Be grateful, you know, and and stay there instead of judging. And we've done a lot of judging over the last few years, and we've become judgy because we're tribalistic, and, and we're all pointing at each other's opinions and thoughts and whatever. But if you're going to walk around looking for that, you're missing the point of life. Relationships is where life has meaning. And if you forget that, when you die, no one will remember you. So if you're not engaged emotionally, if you're too busy doing instead of being, you're going to miss the point of life. And so it's important for us to gravitate to the idea that even under very extreme circumstances, we still can find a way to live. You know, it's interesting. I went to Russia a long time ago and got a, uh, I bought a, um, a soldier's chess set that they had that would you could put in your pocket of your coat. And I just thought, how interesting is it that they be at war, yet be able to play chess? See, we can still have life at the same time as we're facing death. That can be an important element to understand that in even in the hardest times, freezing to death, out in the cold, whatever it is, facing an enemy, we can still find life. And so we all have to get a little more creative and a little more yearning for being able to connect with others and make life, make memories, even when our space is limited, our places to go is limited, and everything seems to be purposeless, there it, we have to find purpose in purposelessness. And so, you know, the, during dark times, the battle is with sadness and frustration, hopelessness, meaninglessness, and, and, and being homesick and lonely. You know, we got to get beyond that. We've got to reach out and break out of that crap. You know, the, the, we want to have a night full of light. We want to be looking for the light in the darkness. And, and so the light is where we want to go towards. 
And so if we want to throw our soul into darkness and surround it with that, we're going to create a lot of mental instability in our life, and we're going to lose the flavor of life. So you might want to limit your social media and your news consumption. You might want to focus on what you can control and let, let go what you can't. You make want to make use of technology. You want to stay busy, and you want to stick with the schedule, schedule and establish normalcy. But most of all, we want to have relationships back in our life. All right, that's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I love hearing from you. You can do that through our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, a literalist and a kleptomaniac share one feature. Both take everything literally. Also, how awesome would it be if all liars' uh, uh, pants caught fire every time they lied? <laughs> uh, I know a, a lot of women that would love that their husband's uh, pants to catch on fire every time they lie. <laughs> you know, a liar's worst memory is someone with a good memory. Also, this is from uh, Gabriel Iglesias. The, the, the only race I hate is the one that I have to run. <laughs> so, thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.